I want to begin by, by just saying, um, in 2002, I, I went to Claremont. Well, I went a lot earlier than that. I went to Claremont School of Theology. And one of the passions on my heart was setting up preventative methods for pastors, ministry caregivers to um, refrain from being burned out. And my pastor walks in the room. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And, um, and so I, I did a D-man and my, my emphasis was on um, prevention of pastor burnout and renewal if you have been burned out. And I, I think that burnout is really with us to stay in the 21st century. Um, and it is because of the pace. Say that word with me, pace. It is because of the pace of the lifestyle of the 21st century. Um, and I, I just want you all to know this morning that this truly will be a journey because I am not here as a teacher. I'm here as a facilitator. I'm going to share some of my personal journey with health and with uh, um, holistic living. And I want you to share too. And uh, let's let this be a place where we feel free to share. I also want to remind you if we want to talk deeper and personally as pastors, we will meet this afternoon from 2 to 5 if you would like to and just have a conversation about A, how can we motivate other pastors to be interested and concerned about health ministry personally and with their churches? And, uh, and then B, how can you and I become better stewards of our personal bodies, our personal minds, our personal time? How can we be better in the whole dispensation of being the best steward with what we have been given by our Lord and uh, through his prophet Ellen White? You're in classes? Okay. Well, yeah. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Katya. So um, we can meet this afternoon. We, we, we already began with prayer, and um, I, I just want to begin by, by asking you um, why you are interested in health as a pastor or a pastor supporter. Uh, some of you all flew here. Some of you uh, are in this track because you're very interested in supporting or motivating your own pastors. Uh, maybe you're married to a pastor. Um, why, why, why are you here? Why, why would you... Um, what is passionate for you in this area that uh, you can be a part of this journey with me this morning? Anybody want to dive in? Maybe that's a very plain question to ask. 
But I want to get some feedback from you as we start here. Yes. Pastor Cool, we're glad that you're here. And we hope you can take that fire back to your church. Wonderful. Oh, really? Okay, wonderful, wonderful, Pastor. Well, let me just share. Um, as I stated, I've, I've been interested in health. At 13, um, I chose to become a vegetarian. I did grow up Seventh-day Adventist. My parents were um, Adventists, but uh, we really didn't talk much about uh, vegetarianism in our home. And um, at 13, I didn't, I, I probably became a vegetarian more because I was interested in being the best athlete more than anything. And, um, and unbeknownst to me at that time in my life, God was calling me uh, to ministry. That summer at 13, I worked in my first evangelistic meeting in hot Dublin, Georgia, David. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, it was there that I, I, I began this journey in ministry. But health, let me tell you, um, it, it has always been a part of the consciousness of my mind. And, and today, you know, you can have a lot of money, but if you don't have health and quality of life, doesn't mean anything. You know, Steve Jobs died a billionaire. And, uh, you know, I came in last night about 1230, Katya, and I said, man, I'm excited about coming to the health summit. And when I got to my room, I said, Marriott didn't get the memo. Do you know when you go to most hotels, they have water that you pay for in the rooms? They didn't know they could have made a lot of money this week by putting charged water in the rooms because we're interested in health. They didn't get the memo, and so we have to tell them when we leave, Katya. But this, this morning, I want to journey with you by looking at the malady, the issues for pastors that cause us to go to the lane called imbalance. Imbalance. And then simply I want to look at the prescriptive or suggestive remedy. Uh, so I want to look at some problems and then let's talk together about some possible remedies that we, that we can have in our journey of, of being pastors. Um, at the NAD, um, we, we have five values, and they are faith, family, finance, fitness, and fellowship. And so pastors, these are values that we really are pushing uh, this is also a part of our strategic focus um, that through these five F's, we can make a difference in your lives and in ours. Um, I am a pastor. I, I've just been out of the pastorate for the last three and a half years, um, ministerial director in Northern Cal and now at the division, but a pastorate for over 23 years. And I, I love the work of pastoring. And we're really there, pastors. I'll give you a quick commercial to be a voice for you, 
to be an advocate for pastors because as quiet as it's kept, even at the policy level, policy affects our lives and it can even affect our health. We'll get to that in a little bit and talk about that. But so I want to talk about fitness, not just physical fitness, although that is very important. I want to talk about moral fitness. I want to talk about mental fitness and uh, emotional fitness. And we want to look at this whole thing, emotional intelligence, and what does that mean? And, and uh, we're going to look at Christ, our Lord, and, and see how he gives us the greatest example of being balanced individuals. Um, and so let's journey together. First, the malady. Um, in 2001, Pulpit and Pew Research did a project that revealed strikingly high rates of obesity in a nationwide survey of parish pastors. Um, and we struggle. And many times we are no different than society, yay, and our congregation. And uh, also in 2002, the Lutherans, Dr. Gwen Hallis, uh, she did a study that uh, described significant levels of stress, depression, and lifestyle-related physical ailments. Um, and she says, pastors face greater dem demands today than their predecessors did. Pastoring is a all-consuming vocation. I'm sorry, am I in the way? Thank you. Pastoring is an all-consuming vocation. Do I have any witnesses about that? Why is it all-consuming for those who are pastoring? Yes, you're expected to do a lot of things. And many times the role issues, the issues of role, the expectations, uh, clash with my personal ideologies about my role versus a congregational member's uh, view of what my role should be, my, my wife's role, my children's role. And sometimes these roles clash and can cause undue stress because of maybe unrealistic expectations. In addition to that, one of the things that we must understand is our vocation is one of very few where we are paid to do what we should be. We are paid to be spiritual leaders, and yet we are to be spiritual people because that's what God has asked us to be. And so when you are not feeling connected to the Lord, and yet you must preach or you must visit or you must pray, you have a convergence of some things going on that we don't talk about in ministry. We are paid to be something that we should be. And yet, yes, Pastor. <clears throat> <laughs> I 
and you survived. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, as we as we think about the the journey of the all-consuming role of being pastors, um, pastors in the corporate mindset are middle managers. Middle managers are are responsible to those that they serve in the congregation. They're responsible to those that they serve in the conference. And, and so as a middle manager, you got something else. There are multi-layers that converge in pastoral ministry. And that, that doesn't even have to do with uh, personal life issues. That just has to do with vocational issues. My sister. <clears throat> that is correct. You know, I did a study on the word pastor in scripture and in spirit of prophecy. And the word that forges out of that, uh, that word in scripture and the spirit of prophecy, and I wish I had brought that, I didn't bring that today, is the word shepherd. That is the summation of the definition in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy of the word pastor. We had a text uh, last screen, uh, Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you pastors. Many versions say, I will give you shepherds after mine own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so uh, being a shepherd is, is a role that... Uh, you know, do you, do you lead not the nominating committee process or do you manage the nominating committee process? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I like that word, dissonance. The doing and the being. And this comes to the greatest tension on the greatest rest day that God gave us. Sabbath. The doing and the being. I won't tell you that the greatest exhaustion can come on the greatest rest day. <laughs> That's dissonance. Yeah. Let's press on here and look at the, the malady. These are some older reports, but um, Fuller did an, a, um, a study they found that 90% of pastors work more than 46 hours a week. Now, how can that be? It's because there are no boundaries um, in our work in the sense we, we can set boundaries, but the phone is always with you. You know, I, I tallied it up one day in my mind. I have email. I got to the division. I don't know why. I got a Twitter account. I got a Facebook account. I have email. I have cell phone. I have home phone. Um, what else do I have? I mean, you, you got all of these things coming and they can easily add up because you're working in your mind. Are you with me? Working in your mind. 90% um, felt inadequately trained to cope with ministry demands. That is one issue that I, I believe we have failed in preparing pastors for. 
and you all pray, we're meeting with the seminary for the first time. NAD Ministerial, the seminary, and Nadia are going to meet for the first time to really look at a plan that has to do with training. When you leave the seminary, why don't we hear from the seminary? Why don't we hear from the seminary anymore? Could it be that we can have continuing webinars, uh, continued uh, processes of learning all through ministry? Because as quiet as it's kept, we can go through ministry after leaving the seminary and never read another book. Never attend another seminar. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, it was broad based with, uh, I think that had uh, 1,100 Protestant pastors. Yes, across the nation. Um, and then leadership did one of, uh, that dealt with marriage problems for pastors. And they, felt, they found out that 57% of spouses had a difference of how you would spend your leisure time. You know, when I first started ministry, um, senior pastors used to brag about the last time they had a vacation. And here I am coming out of college, and you got guys brag, man, I haven't had a vacation in five years. And, and I'm looking, I'm saying, what? <laughs> Is that a virtue? And I, I dare say, if you ask their children or their spouses, I, you may get another answer. And so it's interesting. 57% saw a difference in leisure. Um, and that causes some role conflict, even in marriage. Uh, then the last one, 12% of ministers report that they were depressed often or always, interesting enough. Uh, in their ministry. Uh, we see biblical examples of depression. Who comes to your mind first when you think of depression? Elijah. Yes. I'm the only one, Lord. I'm the only one left. He had a hit out on his life. Well, that's how they said it in my neighborhood when I grew up. Someone was after him, <laughs> Jezebel. And, uh, and Elijah wanted to do what? What did he want to do? Commit suicide. Yeah, he wanted to kill himself. He was depressed. And who else in the Bible? Jeremiah. That's correct. Tell me why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now let me ask you, um, you know, as we think about the malady, what, what can this lead, lead to emotionally and physically? We talked about depression emotionally. How can this affect us physically? No energy. No energy. Yeah. Overeating. Overeating. You know, don't you get mad. I'm, they're, they're taping this. I'm going to say it. Don't you get mad when people get depressed and they lose weight? <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 gain weight. Yeah, that's my journey. That's my plot. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Come on. 
Oh, yes. And, and you triggered something when you said that, uh, could it be a fog? Yeah, it affects your preaching. Yes, it does. It bleeds over into our ministry. Yes, Pastor. That's a good question. Is there? Please find that and let me know where that is. I do have some quotes to share, but uh, I would love to read that. You know, as quiet as it's kept, James White died an early death because he was a workaholic. I see a couple of hands here, my sister. And, and you know, one of the things that I want to go on record to say is... Um, not only the being and the doing, but we have to be very careful with spiritual quackery to always have a prescription for every ailment. And we, we, we label others and others label us. And um, I, I want to be very... Uh, encouraging to be slow going down that road. But I thank you for that. Um, your journey can help someone else. Uh, and I'll talk about mine in just a few minutes. Yes, Pastor. <clears throat> and let's talk about some, uh, some remedies. We're, we're going to talk about varied remedies here in just a few moments. Yes, Pastor. Well, you know what, let's stop right there because that is an excellent point. You know, pastors, I, I, want, you to be, I want you to be real with me right now. What has caused us not to be real with those we serve? What causes that? What causes me not to be real with those that I serve. Fear of losing influence. Being past. Burnt in the past. Being burnt in the past. Pride. Pride. Yeah. And say that again. Weakness. Okay. Pastor. Your status as a pastor. Oh, that's deep, Pastor. <laughs> So when I, when I become real with my congregation or, or when I become real with my conference leadership, instead of showing me mercy, they attack. Okay. So basically you're in a protective mode as you serve. Whoa. Let's picture the shepherd now. Okay. Let's, let's. I'll come back to that. Yes, Pastor. We're going to come to Jesus before we close. Um, one says he was depressed. One says he wasn't. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. Uh, did I see one more hand? Yes, Pastor. Yes. I, I think David says we do have a level of pride persona. And that, um, you know, I mean, Peter wrestled with it. Lord, how many times shall I forgive? <clears throat> you know, how many times? And um, let's, let's press on uh, here. Our time is moving. This man was Paul's assistant. 
In fact, the scripture says, I, I, we can take the time to read this, but the scripture says this man became ill because of the work of the ministry. And Paul says of Epaphroditus, let me say that again, Epaphroditus, Paul says of him um, here in Philippians, he told the Philippians, I'm sending him, you've prayed for me, and I thank God for Epaphroditus because he almost died because of the ministry, but I thank God that he's now well, and I'm sending him to you. This gave me a picture into even in the Bible days. The lack of balance in ministry caused this man to almost lose his life because of the work of the ministry. Oh, he was saying he was a great worker. Yes, please. If I, if I sounded negative in any way, no. Paul is commending the church at Philippi and thanking the Lord that Epaphroditus is now well. But I thought it was very interesting that the Holy Spirit will inspire the prophet to say he almost died because of the ministry in Scripture. I don't know how many versions we have in the room, but uh, would anyone like to read one or two versions for me? Okay, read that for me, David, and then someone else. Oh. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> would, would someone else like to read it? Tony, you don't? Okay. Um, I didn't bring my, my Bible. I have it on my iPad, but I didn't, don't have it pulled up. Can someone read that for me, if you have it? You have King James? We can try that, and then another... <laughs> And then, a, then another version. Not, not, say that one more time. Not, is that balance or imbalance? Okay, keep going. Hmm. We don't need to read another version. Other versions get even more explicit. Uh, but, but, um, so when you feel like you're the only one, someone's been there before you. And what is Christ's message to us today about this imbalance? Um, Duke Divinity School in 2009 did a, a whole initiative on clergy health. Welcome, Gordon. And uh, with clergy health, you know, and you all pray because I've been inspired. I'm going to call the Duke Divinity School and see if they would be willing to do something for Seventh-day Adventist pastors on health. Because this is a huge initiative and they're going to redo the initiative and the study this year in 2012. But can you imagine what the results were? Here are the results. Simple and yet profound. 
they said out of this clergy health initiative that we need to have a holistic approach to wellness. Don't read anymore. Stop right there for a moment. A holistic approach to wellness. Thank God they didn't find that it was just jogging around the corner every day. Let's read it. Read it with me. Pastors work in a complex relationship network. Okay, what, what, what makes the relationship complex? We said we serve many different layers. That's, that's what makes it complex. Also, new research shows that efforts to improve clergy health must go beyond, read it with me, eating well and to account for the influence of and denominational polity. And boy, you know, that is one of the roles of NAD ministerial to address policy. We are now going through the L section in the red policy book, and we are making tons of recommendations that affect our lives as pastors. Because, I mean, there are things there. Well, I, boy, I don't want to go down that road because it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of work that needs to be done there. There's a lot of work. But holistic approach to wellness means more than eating right and exercising, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah and we're going we're gonna to talk about that more as we, we get uh, into the discussion of, of our Lord. And so um, as we think about preventive maintenance and interrelated care that deals with my mind, my body, and my soul, um, as we think about balance and imbalance, uh, mental outlook, how many of you have planned this year a vacation already? You know where you're going to take your vacation, okay? How many of you generally don't plan vacations? Yeah, I'll raise my hand. I, and my wife could tell you she plans it. <laughs> and I show up. <laughs> I go, yes. Um, do you know when I first began in ministry, I told you about the pastors who bragged when they about the last time they had a vacation. But when I began in ministry in 1985, to have a particular focus on personal maintenance of health and body and soul was really not magnified or looked upon as something that was healthy. Self-care was not something that was celebrated. <clears throat> Self-care. And you know, you've heard it. We, we change our oil in the car. We change the filters in your home. Self-care. Um, do you pastors take care of yourself? You take care of yourself. Um, you know what I found out? That really no one else can take care of you like you can take care of yourself. 
in the sense of human beings. You all with me? All right. Uh, let's, let's press on toward the mark. I keep forgetting I have this in my hand. Gotcha. All right. The Lutherans did a study on approaching uh, clergy health holistically as well. Um, and if you want this, I can get your emails and I can send this to you. But they defined holistic health as interpersonal, intrapersonal, interpersonal, congregational, institutional, and community. These are all of the areas that they saw their pastors affecting and dealing with. Intrapersonal. What does that mean? Say that again? Yes. Intra. And let's talk about emotional intelligence. Do you all know what that term means? Have you heard it before? Uh, it is basically having an understanding of yourself and also how others view yourself and being able to relate to people. This is on a horizontal level, a social level. Being able to relate to people and being able to be a winning personality and understanding that if you're not, you recognize that people see you as the opposite. Do you know I did a study on the word favor in the Bible? When you hear, when you read about uh, Joseph had favor with Potiphar, when you read in Daniel, Daniel had favor with the eunuch and favor with uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, Daniel had real favor. Daniel served four different administrations. And he was not even the race of the people he served in their administration. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Belshazzar, Darius, and uh, Cyrus. And the Bible says that God gave them favor. When I looked up that word favor, you know we hear a lot from the prosperity preachers that favor is being blessed financially or with material things. But you know what the Bible definition of favor is? And you check it out for me. Please study it. It is when you walk in the room, God has already gone before you to prepare the place for you so that whatever you do, it is looked upon favorably. Man, that was an aha moment for me. And so favor is not about you, emotional intelligence. Favor is about God going before you so that when I see John, God has already given me a favorable impression of John so that John can do the work that God has called him to do. That's biblical favor. I'll say amen by myself. <laughs> and so that was good news to me. And as we think of intrapersonal, that's, that's, that's what that, it's wrapped up in there. Interpersonal, me and someone else. Of course, congregational, institutional, and community. And all of these have different stressors and stress levels. 
What's the difference between stress and burnout? Burnout is the end of it, okay? Do you know in burnout, you can be removed from the stress and still have the feelings of being burnt out? Because it is not necessarily defined by the stressor. Stress is, John stresses me out, so I'm going to get out of his presence. And maybe, you know, I'll feel better, I'll get stronger to deal with John the next day. But if I'm burned out, you can remove me from John all you want. It is an emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual exhaustion. That's what burnout is. Let's press on. All right, let's talk about now, we, we've dealt with enough problems this morning. <laughs> Let's look at some remedies or some prescriptions. And I need your help um, in this journey together. I, I think I need to tell you my journey quickly. Um, um, I gained weight in ministry. <laughs> and uh, for various reasons, I started a habit early on of working all day and coming home at night and eating late. Don't eat all day, come home at night, ravenous. <laughs> and uh, one day I decided to join the Air Force Reserves. And they said, brother, you gotta lose 43 pounds to get in the Air Force. I wanted to be able to minister in many different ways and so, man, you talking about an emotional mind, body, and spirit journey. So I hit the pavement. I got out and ran for three months. Six days a week. And I lost 43 pounds. I'm here to tell you today, if you run, it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the bottom line with me is I learn I have to burn more than I, that's, that is, that is a simple prescription for maintaining or losing weight. You got to burn more than you eat, got to eat less and burn more. I don't care how many pills you pop or how much elastic you put on, that's what you have to do. And, and for me, that was a whole journey with God because, of course, I, I, I did some fasting. And it was not all in the process to lose weight, but it was, Lord, give me victory over appetite. Because I am one of those that when the stress comes, I eat. Uh, you don't have to witness with me, but... And, and so, you know, we, we have to get to the bottom of that. I had to get to the bottom of that. Why is that, Lord? Um, you know, you read Moses fasting 40 days and 40 nights. You read our Lord fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And then the devil comes, Luke 4. Not before, then the devil comes after 40 days and 40 nights. Um, 
the, the journey with me, I, I truly believe the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual are connected, brothers and sisters. And I had to learn that the connectivity with God, if that is shaky, everything else is shaky. And so for me, not only to lose the weight, it was also a losing of ideologies in my own mind about things that affected me emotionally I had to deal with. And I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, so I don't know if I need to go any deeper than that, but um, it was a journey for me. Um, and I, I declare to you today that whatever your issue is, in that imbalance in life. Ask God to help you to address it. You know, I, I learned quickly that God just doesn't want to occupy my living room. He wants to occupy my bedroom in my heart. He wants to occupy the kitchen in my heart. Every aspect of my life, God wants to be the Lord of. Let's read this together, Acts of the Apostles, page 126. When the mind of man is brought into communion with the mind of God, the finite, the effect on the body and mind and soul is in such communion is found the highest education. Man, this is... For us to connect with God, the mind, you know, the mind of God, that's heavy. The mind of God. Uh, let's read this next quote here, written in 1899. Ellen White says, the light given me is that if our, who? Would do more, they would reap blessings health-wise. It is positive necessity to physical health and mental clearness to do some during the day. Now, of course, she wrote this in an agrarian society. But is this outdated? No. It's not outdated. So, Brother Health Minister, in the concrete jungle of New York City, how do you do manual labor as a pastor in New York City? Walk. <laughs> you walk, okay? Yeah, yeah, you exercise. I love gardening. In fact, if I were a pastor, I would be a barber or a landscaper. Because, you know, in ministry, you can work your whole lifetime and maybe not see a change, but when you cut the lawn, you, you stand back like the Lord and you say, it is good. <laughs> But manual labor does something. That's why some pastors love golf, because they're out in nature and they're walking and they're hitting the ball and calling members' names as they hit the ball. <laughs> manual labor. <laughs> but but, but this, this is powerful. She says we need to do manual labor during the day. Come on, let's help me. How, how, do we, um, how do we include this in our daily journey? Is it, is it impractical? Can we do it? Yes. Help the wife in the kitchen, washing dishes. 
Washing dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say that again. Is it a part of your payroll? To do this. Yes. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And we have to change. See, it must first begin with you and me. But I, I, I agree with you. Um, man, I, anytime I can do landscaping stuff, I'm there. Gordon inspires me. He, he does a good job with his garden. I've reaped some of his blessings the garden. Pastor? <clears throat> Mm. Some conferences even have incentives to pay for, and we can, we're, we're sharing this with other presidents around the division, to pay for gym memberships for their pastors um, so that they can have a free exercise membership. Renee and then Katya. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Katya? Yeah, and I, I didn't know for many years that our health insurance also paid for massages. I believe we get 30 a year. Is that right, Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Pass. Come back. Ah, did you all hear that? That's, that's... We think it's just the intellectual prayer time. But we're presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. Physical bodies. That's also exercise. It's more than something I do. It's an act of worship. Ah, I like that. Ooh, man, that changes some things. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Gordon, did you... <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yes. That's just... <laughs> Wonderful. You know, you all are saying something that's very related uh, because there are times I struggle with compartmentalizing things in my life. I'm working, I'm exercising, I'm praying, and, and sometimes I, I, what I'm hearing you saying is those can be interrelated. Yeah. Yeah, they very much can. Yes, Pastor. <laughs> and you, 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 you look the part, so I praise the Lord for that encouragement. I had the privilege of living near Weimar, pastoring in Sacramento for seven years. And, of course, that is their big thing. After every meal, you, you need to walk. You need to walk. So thank you. Thank you. Let's press on because Katya needs to come on and taking her time. <coughs> Let's look at Jesus. Please, someone read Luke 2.52. Well, maybe you know it. Jesus increased in wisdom. Let's stop right there. Mentally, the mind, Jesus increased in wisdom. And what else? Statue, physically. He increased physically. 
I want to I share this with you because I had an aha moment with this text as I studied about burnout. He increased in wisdom mentally and in statue physically, and he was in favor with God. What is that? Spiritually? Vertically? And who else? Socially, horizontally. This is an axiom for living. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus was balanced. He grew mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. He was balanced in his living. How many times in the Bible did Jesus go aside and rest a while? How many times do we read in the word where Jesus prayed? He left everyone. And when was Jesus' time to pray? You all remember? I believe two or three scriptures says he prayed early in the morning. The master is giving us an example of balanced living. And that's why, you know, how can we say we love God and we don't love our fellow persons? Jesus was balanced in all four areas of living. And, and there were many spirit of prophecy quotes I could have barraged you with. But I want you to do more in-depth study of the balanced example that Jesus gave us. You know, when you read him going into the temple and throwing over the tables and taking a whip and going after the money changers, nowhere does the Holy Spirit inspire the gospel writer to say someone hit him back. <laughs> Jesus had to be physically intimidating. I'm serious. Come on, Tony. <laughs> he got rid of everyone in the court who was selling. Read that encounter again. Um, <laughs> say that again. What kind of sport was he doing? He was a carpenter. Oh, you mean what was he doing to get rid of them? Well, he walked. He walked miles. Yes. He was a carpenter. He was, he was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did the work of manual labor, as Ellen White shared. Um, I, I think that we overlook the greatest witness and example to us as pastors, and that's our Savior. Not only do we need to look at the way he lived, you know, ministry of healing, and I'm sure Mark Finley has dealt with this. 143, Christ's method alone will bring true success in winning people. And so we, we need to spend some time here to see, um, you know, because Jesus dealt with the Pharisees who were stressors, you're talking about stress. 
<laughs> he called them vipers. And uh, he, 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 he dealt with them. But, but this is the issue that I want to share about Jesus, is that he gives us a witness of living in harmony with God and with planet Earth. Um, gives us a great witness. Any other comments on our Lord in this whole area of, of healthful, whole living? Okay. Lastly, um, I don't need to beat this, but uh, I think this is real simple. Real simple for us. And uh, the doing sometimes is you know, and, and what Adventists, we, we, suffer, we suffer from the constipation of knowledge. But we really need the, the ex-lax of doing and being what we know. <laughs> Are you all with me? Doing and being what we know. Um, I'll close with this. I talked with a whole, whole food store manager one day. And, and I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of these health food stores, some of the co-ops locally that are not corporate, uh, a lot of them, a lot of the people are not connected to the creator. They are, they are into healthy living, but there are, there are no dots to connect them to, okay, well, where did that come from? Why, why do you want to be natural? Why, why do you want to eat vegan? Why do you like organic? They don't connect the dots back to God. And I was talking with a, a, a store manager uh, at Whole Foods one day, and I asked him, I said, well, how do you acquire all of these different health products and things? He says, well, people approach us, and uh, we generally send it off to our corporate office, and if it is a product that we believe could not only sell well in our stores, but could benefit the public, we'll receive it. So I thought to myself, man, I wonder how many Adventists have products in Whole Foods stores, and why is it that we don't you know, share what we have with them. So I'll leave this with you. And I want to encourage you. Get to know the health places in your community. Build relationships with them. And then God will use you to help connect the dots once you build the relationship. And I'm sure Elder Finley has shared, let's not just go in telling them we have the right arm of the gospel. <laughs> they don't even know what the gospel is. Build relationships with people. And as pastors, oh boy, I tell you, I'm so passionate about community. Let's affect the change. You know, when Katya had this big, um, big uh, Let's Move Day in September, you know, it pained my heart that I heard stories that health directors said that their pastors were not even interested in being involved. What? 
So let's encourage one another and let's encourage each other to not only live holy as Jesus, Luke 2.52, but let's encourage one another to live, um, when we live holy, we live healthy. Amen? God bless you. Um, if we want to meet pastors from 2, at 2 o'clock we can. We can just sit down and talk about some real issues that uh, we can be better ambassadors of the health field, health message. Katya, is your time. God bless you. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons please visit www.audioverse.org